Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hey friends, welcome back. It has been a while since I've done a solo episode and I've just been kind of stockpiling your questions that I've been getting on Instagram and through email and messages. And I'm so excited to choose just a couple that I think will be super helpful in this really interesting time that we're in with a lot of us being kind of in lockdown mode, stuck inside the house. Um, If you're listening to this episode later on in the year, I'm referring to the coronavirus insanity that has resulted in so many entrepreneurs struggling to figure out ways to utilize their time at home and to work toward replacing some of their income that's been lost, especially my service-based providers out there. So if you're listening to this later, hopefully all of that is in the past. And um, But for now, I'm going to grab a couple of these questions that I thought would be helpful at this time and throw some bite-sized answers your way to hopefully get some great content into your hands. Regardless of the time that you find this episode, I do think that there are some great questions in here, whether you're in the house or back to business as usual. So the first question that I'm going to pull from comes from Instagram, and the question was, how do you network with vendors in a genuine way when you're not able to go meet them in person? And this is a really great question, like I said, regardless of the time that we're in. This question comes from a photographer, but truly you could take my answer and apply it to any kind of business and any kind of vendor relationship. Even as myself, as an apparel shop owner, if you didn't know, I co-own a small shop called Gift and Garnish, and in this downtime, I've been kind of focusing my efforts on networking with other shop owners and vendors and kind of thinking about ways to grow our reach and see where we can take those things. So um, I just, I know that even though I'll be using photography as my example, that you can take this advice and apply it to your business across the board. So what I'd like to share with this photographer who asked this question is that regardless of the kind of photography you do, so like, let's say you're a wedding photographer, you can be creating content that sends people to those other vendors and basically really kind of create free marketing for those vendors in this time. And that way they really notice that you're making an effort to make a connection with them, a true connection. You could go so far as to reach out to them and ask if they'd be willing in their own downtime right now to be interviewed by you for your blog. Um, Or you could do a Zoom call or a Google Hangout, some kind of virtual recording. Uh, Record it and put it on YouTube, put it on IGTV. This would be a really great suggestion if you're a wedding photographer to reach out to venue owners and interview them and talk to them or uh, hair and makeup vendors, regardless of the type of photographer you are. If you're a senior photographer, a portrait photographer, again, a wedding photographer. Um, You could reach out to studio spaces and owners of those studios, people that host portrait sessions, small events, connect with them at this time. As difficult as it is to make connections when you can't see each other face-to-face, you actually have a lot more opportunity for creativity in this time. And so just know that it's kind of a great time to be able to say something like, I would love to feature you. And hopefully when all of this social distancing dies down, we can hit the ground running together because at the end of the day, like we're in this together as industry peers. And this kind of service-based ask on your end is a really great way to establish an easy friendship, camaraderie without coming across as like aggressive or 
you know, like you're coming at it from a non-genuine place. So that would be kind of one suggestion I would make. One pitfall I want to point out here that I've found is that we all kind of have these really great ideas in our heads. We are really creative in our minds and we have really great starting places. But what I tend to see over and over again um, with my coaching clients, with people that I mentor, with my workshop students is that you get all these great ideas, but we tend to stop at just the concept and we don't actually follow through. So a lot of times I've noticed people will be nervous when they talk to me about networking or making connections and they'll say, well, I had this great idea, but I'm sure that everybody is already doing it. Or I really want to reach out, but I'm sure that everybody is reaching out to them for X, Y, and Z. And that's just simply not true. Most people will not follow through on an ask like this. So don't be afraid to make that connection first, to make that first step and to ask them to connect in this way, especially if you're offering something to them from a very genuine place where you're not asking for anything in return. You're just wanting to help and make a real connection and a real friendship. I would also say just be prepared that they may not have the time or they may not have the mental space right now. They might not even have the energy to connect in this way. But if they say no, you can always respond and be like, I totally understand. I would love to get together and get to know you a little bit more when all of this craziness dies down. Um, You know, I have so much respect for whatever it is that you do and just kind of make sure that they know that they're not just like a number to you, that you are not just sending them, you know, like a template email that is getting sent out to a ton of different vendors across the board. This is specific to them. You really want to work with them specifically. Um, Make sure that you're alluding to work that they've done or, you know, something that you admire about them as a vendor. So the short answer to this question is get creative. Other vendors are just like you. So what I would suggest you do in terms of getting creative, if you want to kind of get this brainstorm flowing is think about something that you would love to see or something that you would love to hear from someone else who's wanting to connect with you. I know that whenever I get emails that are very templated from people who are wanting to connect or grab coffee or whatever, I can spot a mile away somebody who is sending this out to the masses and somebody who is sending it out specifically to me. And it does make a difference in the way that I respond and the way that I try to make room for these people in my schedule and in my calendar. So that would just be a couple of tips for that question. Are you a creative who's interested in becoming an educator? Our industry is full of opportunities to make impact through education, but you might not have the training that you need to be equipped as a top-notch educator. Maybe you have the heart to serve and the knowledge to back it up, but how can you ensure that you're also an excellent teacher? Join in at the Creative Educator Academy, designed to help creatives like you take their zone of genius and turn it into impactful education without any prior training. If that sounds like something you need to take your career as an educator to the next level, head to the creativeeducatoracademy.com or visit the show notes for the link and start creating effective and impactful education today. The second question that I'm going to chat about in this episode is finding good help, hiring and growing a team. So this topic, this question, it's initially coming to me from Instagram, but I've gotten it emailed to me so many times as well. And pretty much every mentoring and coaching session that I have um, with higher level entrepreneurs 
ends up having this question in it. So I will probably do a full episode on this. I will likely bring a guest in for a longer episode in the future. But for now, I've got some solid tips that you can start on today to kind of help create a smooth process for finding new team members and for creating like solid new hires, because this is a tough one, you guys. Like this is not an easy topic and it's not an easy question because there are just so many variables in it. So I'm going to give like maybe three tips right now that can help you guys as you are navigating this process. So the first thing I would advise is be as clear as possible in the role of your new hire from the start. And I will just point out because you know that I keep it real here. A lot of these tips come from me making mistakes in the first few hires that I brought on and the way that I did it. That doesn't mean that they all ended poorly. It's just that I know now I wish I had started a lot stronger. So um, be as clear as possible in the role of your new hire from the beginning. Do not sugarcoat things. I see a lot of people have a hard time communicating that the position that they're hiring for, um, it might involve tasks that they kind of feel bad asking someone else to do. And I think that's a really normal feeling, especially when you run your own business, you're by yourself, you're used to doing everything on your own, and you may have grown to hate doing certain tasks. And so when you're bringing on a new team member for the first time, like if you just want to hire an assistant to run errands for you, but you feel really guilty asking someone to run errands for you, do not be shy in including that in your job description. Because just because it's something you don't want to do doesn't mean that your future employee won't want to do it either. In fact, you really want someone who wants to do the tasks that you don't want to do or don't have time to do anymore. So it's really important. Just be really upfront, be really blunt with it. Make sure that you're being really clear in expectations and in the role that they will play. Um, do not feel bad asking your future employee to know that they're going to do things that you might not love doing. The second tip I want to share here is create a legitimate, like a very clear cut application, have an interview process laid out for candidates that you love. I'm always surprised at people who skip this step and hear me out. If you think that this is too old school, if you're like, Laylee, I run a business on social media or like, you know, my business is all about connecting with people in the DMS or whatever. I get it. It sounds old school, but when I put out my first round of applications for a new hire, I was shocked, legit, I was shocked at the people who could not fill out an application completely, correctly, or impressively. Like, I'm sorry, but if you can't take the time to complete a job application, I sure don't want to trust you with my business, with my clients, with communication, etc., and so on and so forth. Like, these people who I was the most shocked at I looked them up on social media. They seemed great. And I just felt like I dodged so many future issues by filtering out the people who weren't a good fit from the get-go and um, not moving them into the interview phase. And that way, like when you put out an application, you filter through and you can hand select people who move into the interview phase, which protects your time. It respects their time. And it really just cuts down on, you know, potential issues in the future. Okay, the last tip I'll share on this is give it time. When you bring on a new hire, 
you are going to probably want people to jump in and immediately be amazing and exactly what you envisioned for your team member to be. And here's the thing. It is now your job to create an environment that teaches them and that molds them into the role that you envision for them. Like you are a boss now, you are a legitimate boss. So you need to step up into that role and act like it a little bit tough love for you there. But if they disappoint you in the beginning and they probably will disappoint you at some point. They will make a mistake. It's human nature. You've hired a human being. They will likely make a mistake. They will do something incorrectly and so on and so forth. But it's on you to guide them into what they should have done, to teach them and to kind of like allot time for their growth. Now, to be clear, there is a line here and it's kind of a line that you will need to draw for yourself between lack of training and guidance and like straight up a bad fit or if I'm being really blunt, um, potential incompetence. But I'm saying if you haven't made the effort to lead first and to allot them time to grow, then you can't be mad when they don't follow. If you're not leading, you cannot be mad when they don't follow. So um, those are... Actually, I lied. I'm going to give one more last tip. Like this is my true last tip. I would say just do everything that you can in advance to prepare for another person to come into your business. So like create a handbook, something that's physical, like a guide that you can send them that will set them up for success with as much information as you can provide them for your business. Block off some time to train them when you first hire them. I think that's really important too. Maybe think through ways to motivate them to make them feel invested in your company. I see that more than anything else is like you hire someone part-time and a really common issue that I hear is like, I don't feel like they're invested in my company the way that I am. Well, nobody's going to be invested in your company the way that you are unless you find a true gem, but you want to kind of think through ways in advance to motivate them and make them feel invested as they join you. So that is my actual last tip. Now is kind of the perfect time to dedicate to the project of like preparing in advance. In fact, I'm personally using this unexpected time off, revamping my handbook for my team. And I'm really excited about it as time consuming. And, you know, you might kind of feel like it's a mundane task, but I I do think that it's important to provide as much clarity and as much information for your employees as possible so that you're setting them up for success and then you're avoiding issues in the future. Okay, so I feel like that question took over the whole episode and there's so much more that I can even talk about with this topic, but I'm gonna wrap it up here and if you do wanna hear more about this topic, please reach out and tell me and I promise that if you do, I can dedicate a longer episode to it and I'll circle back to it in a future episode. On that note, if you have any questions or topics that you really want answered or addressed, slide into our DMs over at So Here's The Thing Podcast on Instagram or send us a message at SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. I always want to make sure that the content we talk about on this show is something that you want to hear about and I love chatting with you guys outside of just talking into my mic. So until the next episode, I hope you guys have a really great week. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.